Hello and welcome to the Inspire Your Life podcast series. I am your host, Arthi Wabi Krisun, and I am the founder and MD of Prerna Advisory, based in South Africa. My philosophy and that of my business is to inspire others to make step changes that changes their lives purposefully and productively. Therefore, I coach, consult, capital raise and partner with all you crazy, beautiful people in the world to make that happen. Joining me on the show today is Ali Dunn. Ali is an ICF accredited life and leadership coach for professional women who want to live a more empowered and meaningful life. She coaches women into greater possibilities, both personally and professionally, through one on one and group coaching. Whether it's career changes, entrepreneurship, or leadership, it begins with a solid foundation of learning where you can trust yourself and also tap into those values so that you can live a more meaningful and purposeful life. And that is at the root of what Ali does. Now, Ali also runs and participates in a number of initiatives. There's a weekly coaching group called the Cup of Clarity on productivity and planning. There's also an entrepreneurial coaching group called Feel the Growth. And she also serves as a mentor coach at the Hivery in San Francisco and works for Women for Change, which is a nonprofit focused on making coaching accessible to women from diverse backgrounds. These all sound so amazing, Ali. It is such a pleasure to welcome you onto the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, absolutely. Wonderful to have you. So let's get to know Ali a little bit better. Tell us more about yourself. Well, I'm originally from Canada and I'm living in California with my husband and I have two daughters, age 10 and 13 and uh, two dogs, one which I recently got during the last year of the pandemic. And um, I would say I have a full house. My background is actually in fashion. I used to work in wholesale. I worked in sales in my Uh 20s. And then when I was just about 30, I had my first daughter and my life changed from there. Mm. It took some time to stay home with my daughters and kind of took um, a few years just to figure out what was happening with my life and what I wanted next. I Mm -hmm. always knew that I was really interested in supporting women and helping women lead their best lives, but I couldn't quite figure out what that was until I tried to live my best life. Okay. Then I pivoted into coaching and I am now a coach for women in career transitions and women who are looking for more transformational coaching. And I do a lot of group coaching as well for people who want to plan their week in a productive manner, but still feel good about work-life balance. Oh, that sounds amazing. And so such important work actually. And it's so nice that you've actually found this particular niche where, you know, based on some of your experiences as well you realize the need for it too and and it it gives one the sense of you know you you're actually doing something that's very purposeful for yourself and also very very impactful as well to others around you and i know i mean i gave you i gave a bit of an introduction about some of the different things you're doing and and where you're aligned in terms of your coaching practice but tell us more about you know some of the things that you deal with when women come to you either individually or through groups what are some of those issues that you're dealing with in your 
your coaching practice? Well, I mean, there is a common theme. And I think, you know, the number one thing that we're all seeking is really confidence. And so women come to me and it's, you know, most often in the workplace, or maybe it's confidence in what direction they should go. But what I'm noticing is that the overarching you know, sort of masculine energy out there and women trying to figure out, okay, where do I fit in the home? Where do Mm -hmm. I fit in the work? And how can I show up as me, right? So there's this misalignment of their, their, who they want to be or who they feel they are and who they think they should be on the outside. So I have women coming to me with confidence, um, you know, wanting to increase confidence and then also imposter syndrome. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I've seen magnified, I mean, by 10 and 20 times this year than I have actually seen in previous years. And I'm not sure if that's this idea of wanting, you know, a brighter future, a more meaningful career path, a more Mm -hmm. meaningful life, and then trying to navigate what are the expectations of society and what are the expectations of myself Mm -hmm. and how can I merge those? And, And is this imposter syndrome real? right? Is this a view I have of myself? What is the story behind that? So I really work with women to try to dismantle the stories that have shown up during their life where someone maybe said, oh, you know, don't be too loud or, oh, you know, you're coming across this way or that way. Just a lot of these stories that we hear that we hold on to, you know, that negative bias, we hold on to that one moment where one person said to you on the playground, maybe, you know, you're being too pushy. And then you take that story with you Mm -hmm. and then coming into present day, it's like, okay, well, what about the good stuff, Mm -hmm. right? What about Mm -hmm. the compliments we've received? What about our success stories? Yeah, it's so easy to forget that because we have these inner voices or those saboteurs that actually come back with that powerful negative voice, isn't it? And and that's what actually ends up derailing us. And I'm, you know, I was just wondering, you know, obviously a lot of those issues, you know, would resonate with each of us personally as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I often have had issues with imposter syndrome, with confidence, and obviously as coaches, we work through it and we deal with it. How much of what you're dealing with in terms of your client? have you also experienced in your journey, as you mentioned, you know, becoming a mom, taking time off, like were there instances where you were grappling with these things? What has your journey been like as you've come up to be a coach that's actually dealing and helping clients with this? I mean, it's so true. It's so true. The the things that I face on a daily basis, I see in my clients, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a mirror back and forth. And so what happened for me was really, I was on what I would call, you know, a trajectory. I was working in sales. I, mm-hmm. I was um, feeling, you know, empowered. I was actually feeling great about that, but I was mm-hmm. traveling a lot. And okay. so when I had my daughter, we were living in a different country where my family was, and it was kind of a moment of reckoning for my husband and myself. And we mm-hmm. thought, okay, well, I don't have childcare. I don't have family. What if I take some time off of work to, you know, raise this baby? Yes. Okay. And, you know, and that's something that is perceived often as a dream, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you get to stay home with your child. Mm -hmm. You get to be Mm -hmm. there. You get to watch them grow. So I kind of was believing that, you know, I thought, okay, this is, this is good. But what I noticed is each day there was a sadness, you know, there was a, there was a part of me that was struggling and I didn't have a lot of friends that had children at the time. And so I didn't really know what new motherhood felt like. So I thought, there was a lot of blame, right? So mm-hmm, it's myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't understand. I'm not getting it right. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, why don't I feel this joy? Why don't I feel this excitement? And so I would find myself kind of wandering around town and maybe I would go to the park and there'd be mm-hmm. other babies and moms and have these conversations. But I always kind of felt like I was on the outside. Mm-hmm. So there was this part of me that I was like, I don't belong in this space. Cause not that, I mean, obviously I love my children, but I just didn't feel like that deep 
connection. I didn't want to see the success of my life through their eyes. Right. Like, yes, take your first step, but that's yeah. not something I'm putting on my resume, you know, right. so push pull yes. between, you know, feeling lucky and feeling so grateful and, and was supposed to feel so grateful, right? Yeah. I think it goes into should. So there's a lot of shoulds that have showed up in my life. And, you know, I continue to see in my life and my clients. So it was, I should be so happy. I should be so grateful. And through the lens of other people, my life seemed great. Yeah. And so um, I was about to go back into the workforce probably two years after having my daughter. And then I was pregnant again. So then I'm in this cycle with the maternity leave and not having one. And in the United States, it's a very short window. I only had six weeks. And so that was not something that I was prepared for. So then had my second daughter still staying home. And I remember reaching out to friends. I remember having conversations with my husband and saying, I'm, you know, I'm just not happy. Mm. And him not really understanding, I felt very alienated, you know, because he thought you have, you know, we have this apartment, we have these two kids, we have, you know, we have all of this stuff. We live in California, you know, mm-hmm, this dream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think that detachment, um, it just started getting to me. And so I finally summoned the courage uh, to go see a therapist. So okay. that was the first step. Yeah. I was really checking in with someone saying, I think I might have postpartum. Okay. I might, you know, there's something going on here where I'm not feeling, um, I'm just not happy, you know? And so yeah. from there, it was an unfolding. And, and my first moment of light came when I joined um, a workshop that was kind of a what's next. So it was like a coaching workshop and it was a group of 17 women and it was life-changing for me. I okay. all of a sudden felt like I belonged. Oh, wonderful. You know, and yeah. belonging is just so key, right? Like yes. if you don't feel like you belong and you don't feel like you have your own tribe or your community, um, you feel alienated and you end up feeling worse. So this was a first step for me when I thought, oh, wow, I'm not the only one who doesn't know what's next. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. I'm not the only one suffering in the corner thinking I should have it yeah, all figured out. Absolutely. So that's where the journey started unfolding for me. And it was really um, so empowering. Oh, I mean, it's it's so good to hear that, you know, you, you, you came to the realization that there was this trigger around that unhappiness and that you actually took the step. I mean, it's a very bold step to actually go and look for, uh, you know, help, for support, because, you know, even even that people struggle with because they, they fear judgment, they fear perception. But, you know, well done that you were actually able to do that. And and the difference, like you said, that that belonging aspect that came into it. Absolutely wonderful. And and obviously the journey has begun from there. So, you know, maybe give us a sense of how has that journey been since um, since you you took that first step of of making that that support circle available to you, you know, through the through the through the group that you were involved with. Yeah. And how has that helped you now to create some sort of a, a balance um, in, in your life? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, initially it was really just doing the hard work. So I mm. think what makes my position unique as a coach is that I come from, you know, a small town in Canada. Mm-hmm. I've lived, I would say, a full life. I've had my first job when I was 13. I think that there's something about this resilience, you know, that keeps popping up and that okay. I felt and experienced. And yeah. I think once I found that community and once I understood the connection that we as women have and also what's below the surface, right? right? I think that that's also something we experience because we see this world and all sort of pretty pictures and and beautiful quotes, but it's like underneath it, we're all humans, right? And we're all looking for connection and we're all 
wanting something better and, and also without apology. So I think Mm -hmm. it's this idea of figuring out your next step and embracing that maybe you want to be a a mountain biker, you know, maybe you want to work for the UN, maybe Mm -hmm. you want to do all these things and not to think, oh, I have to sit in this safe little box because that's either what I was told or what I think is the right thing to do. Yeah. So trying to bring into the work-life balance, I mean, that is, you know, that's a constant, it's a scale that's up and down on either side. And I don't believe that that is achievable, but what I do believe is that it's about having conversations, right? It's about being open as to like, what makes me feel good? What, Mm. at the end of the day, what do I want to, to be known for? How do I want to show up? And so I think mm. for me, when I started to go deeper into coaching and doing my certification and connecting women through these groups, it made me realize that, that we all at our, in our hearts kind of, you know, want the same thing. We want to have a full life of relationships or laughter or kind of good times, travel, whatever it may be. But we also want to feel like we're making an impact, you know, so that idea, whether it's in your career, you're making an impact, whether you volunteer, whether it's adopting a pet, whatever it is that, that Mm. lights you up. If we can have more conversations about that and get deeper and connected and support each other that way, then I feel like ultimately, yes, the, the, the shift in working 12 to 15 hours a day and only feeling satisfied is your next promotion. Mm. We can kind of put that aside. Mm-hmm. You know, and start mm-hmm. to listen to our hearts. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, that so resonates with me in terms of what you're saying about impact, because mm-hmm. I myself have had that own journey too, to where I'm doing what I'm doing now. And it's all rooted in, well, what impact am I going to be making? Because like you're saying, it actually goes beyond the, the normal sort of transactional things that we learned about that, oh, you know, you have a career, you have a job, you expect certain things in it, but it's just so wooden in many mm. respects versus, you know, when you are doing like the things that we're kind of doing, Ali, um, that that impact and the benefits that you see that other people derive from it um, and the change that that it encompasses for them. And that's really amazing. And, you know, you, you mentioned a little bit earlier about the different roles that, that, you know, potentially we could look at, you know, in terms of, um, you know, the different career roles or the different aspects in our personal lives. And, you know, it really got me thinking about that scale that you mentioned, but also about those em- that emotional scale, because we mm-hmm. end up having things like guilt and things like happiness, like counterbalancing each other. And then we're also trying to juggle time and prioritizing so that we can give the most of ourselves in those different areas. So, you know, what, how do you think it's possible for us to diminish some of those, those guilty um, feelings that we have when we are actually trying to manage all of these different aspects in our life? I mean, the guilt is real. You know, that's something that shows up in in all of our lives, specifically with women um, and what it looks like to be, you know, a good partner or a good mother or a good daughter, all of those things. So I think that struggle is something we're facing all the time. So I think, you know, part of it is really... Um, I mean, on twofold for, for one is really to set boundaries, you know, to set boundaries and to say no. And I think Mm -hmm. that's something that we struggle with, right? It's like that kind of gray area or where uh, we, we often have a hard time not being liked 
right? I, you know, yes. choose me, choose me, yes. right? I want to be, I want to be seen as, as great in all these departments, but I think it's really important for us all to set boundaries and whether that's, you know, boundaries with your kids, you know, or whether that's boundaries with your friends or even boundaries with yourself, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's, you know, limiting the amount of time that you're on social media, or maybe it's, you know, redirecting your energy. Where do I feel good? What makes mm-hmm. me feel good? So is that getting outside? Is that phoning a friend, you know, and, and really thinking about people in your life and the ones that truly love you and the ones that accept you for who you are, they want you to feel empowered. They want you to feel good. And so sometimes I think about that with my children. I think about that with my daughters. If I have a guilt moment, I think they would want me to go on this trip with Mm. friends. You know, they would want me to be able to do this workshop that helped women, you know, gain confidence in their workplace. You know, they would want me to do those things. So I think we end up spiraling sometimes in our own head, right? We create a story that if you do this, this is going to happen. So I think it's really just about creating those boundaries and, and releasing yourself of that guilt. And sometimes I think it's helpful too, to think about people you admire, You know, sometimes whether it's a mentor or even I have something I call an inner leader and Mm -hmm. that's, you know, who do you call upon when you start to have these feelings, these mixed feelings of gray areas or guilt. And Mm -hmm. I've created my own inner leader, which is a mixture of Beyonce and Brene Brown. And I often think, you know, Brayonce, what would she do in this situation, right? Well, she would, you know, write a book and perform on stage and, Uh you know, eat so I feel like sometimes it's really just taking yourself out of that story too and kind of having that 10,000 foot view. Ah, oh, fantastic. Beyonce was it? That's fantastic. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, and I love, I love the concept of the inner leader because for me, that's like a, it's a check for yourself, isn't it? So we're checking yeah. in as well in terms of, is the story actually hurting me or is the story actually helping me? And that inner leader is actually that voice of checking as well. Like you're saying, you know, should I be doing this or could I be doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think it's so important that we have that so that we can make sure that we're still okay. And that if we need assistance, then, you know, hopefully we're feeling bold and brave enough to reach out to support structures that are around us. Like you say, people that love us, um, those those are the, sometimes the easiest ones to go to. And then, of course, professional help with coaches and, and therapists and all of that. But I mean, you know, just listening to you and listening to, you know, the, the amazing work that you're doing, both internally as well as with clients, you know, it, it's motivating beyond means, Ali. And, and I want to know what keeps you motivated to keep doing what you're doing. Um, I would say, you know, first and foremost, it really is my daughters. You know, that was actually what helped me when in my early stages, when I was dealing with, I would say that, you know, mild depression or anxiety or Mm -hmm. all of that, those life choices and things I was going through, Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, I want to be this role model. I am this role model. And what do I want for them? You know, what do I want them, you know, in 10 years when they're entering the workforce, what do I want that to look like? How do I want that equality to show up? So for, for me, it's definitely them. And then I also just think of, you know, I think about tiny changes. I mm. think some people think, okay, global impact, yes. But mm. I often believe if I work with one woman who ends up transitioning to a career that brings her joy, yeah. that ripples to her family for their joy to ripple to someone else. So it's almost like these micro steps of changes um, make me get up in the morning. And I'm also, I love to learn. It's just a deep passion of mine. And that was something that was missing when I first had my children. I didn't have time to kind of read or experience or take courses and that kind of Uh stuff. And so 
for me, that fuels too. So it's, I'm currently doing an executive coaching program through Berkeley. So I'm just always doing, 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 Mm. learning, learning. And that helps me stay connected to my work and to kind of that, that greater impact. Oh, beautiful. And I especially love what you said about the, the small change, the incremental change. I'm a firm believer of that too. Um, and, and, you know, finally, I'm, I'm finding more and more people are actually saying that too. I was actually speaking to somebody else earlier this week, and she mentioned as well, it's, it's that small change that actually has a snowball effect, exactly as you'd said. And that's mm-hmm. what we want, right? We want it to cascade throughout families, across generations, hopefully, you know, because people are seeing it. Your kids are seeing it. Your grandkids could be seeing it. And and that's how it goes on. So that's absolutely beautiful. And the learning as well, Ali, wonderful on the the course that you're doing. And uh, I'm sure it's definitely going to add more to what you offer to your your clients too. So, I mean, looking ahead for the rest of 2021, what else is in store for you, Ali? Well, I mean, many things. I consider myself, you know, a multidimensional entrepreneur. And I just, I want to keep moving in this direction. I want to keep empowering women. Um, I love writing. I love, you know, doing interviews. I love speaking. I think my long-term plan is really, you know, to get a book on the go ah, and uh, live that dream. I always had that in the back of my mind. And it's so funny how sometimes we go through life and different variations and roads and paths happen. And then you have that moment where you think, oh, wait a second, you mm-hmm. know, let's go back to that list. Let's yes. go back to the things that mean yes. something. So that's where I see myself headed and just to continue to work um, with women and, and help them feel that, you know, that inner strength, that confidence and, and that they're living the life aligned with their values. Mm, I think your energy and your enthusiasm for all of your clients and those around you is just going to rub off because it sounds amazing to keep doing, like you said, multi-dimensional entrepreneur. That's awesome. What? What pivotal piece of advice then would you like to share with our listeners today about how they too can ensure that they're growing, you know, beyond their circumstances, be it motherhood, be it any setbacks that they've gone through, but how can they actually attain their personal and career success? Yeah, I think my number one piece of advice is really to love yourself, you know, to love all parts of yourself, like the part with no makeup, you know, the part that doesn't like bath time, the part Mm -hmm. that hates commuting, you know, the more that we try to pretend that things are fine, the more sad and less connected we are. So Mm -hmm. if you can learn to love yourself and live within the realm of your values and morals, you'll be successful, right? It's like success beyond that paycheck, beyond that status. Mm -hmm. It's you are the person that matters, not anyone else. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think that's absolutely spot on as well. Self-care, self-love, it all starts from there. Really, really does. It's been such a beautiful conversation with you today, Ali. And I'd love it if you could share with us as a parting shot, um, an inspirational quote or a lyric, song lyric, a spiritual verse, whatever you're inclined to, something that actually um, uplifts you and keeps you motivated to do what you're doing. Well, I always go back to this one quote um, from Maya Angelou, and it is, my mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor and some style. Ah, beautiful. One of my favorites as well. Ali, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. I love all the work that you're doing, and I'm so grateful to be here. Oh, thank you so much. You take care, Ali. Bye. You too. Thank you. (laughs) 
Thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. If you like what you heard, rate the episode and podcast and feel free to write a review. Plus, of course, share with others too. I love talking around topics like these. So if you like my perspective or insight on a subject close to your heart or something that you're grappling with, reach out to me in your comments or send me an email via my website or connect with me via LinkedIn, Instagram or Facebook. All my social media are on the podcast information. If it's important to you, then it's important to me. So happy listening to the Inspire Your Life podcast and catch you soon on the next episode. Bye.